0: You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. I'm your host, KC, and this week I'm joined by the magnificent You. Hello! Hello! Good
2: to be back.
1: Yes, good to have you back right here on on this show. And so, we have a very awesome show for you guys tonight. We have an interview with Tom from the Dreamcast uh, Junkyard. Uh, We have another edition of You's Memories of Sega, and this week... What's the game you're focusing on?
2: Uh, this week, it, well, last week, I focused on the Master System version of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. So this week, I'm looking at the Mega Drive version. Indeed, uh, indeed.
1: That's uh, awesome. awesome. And we've got a, a great Michael Jackson track to play afterwards as well. Um, so yeah, don't forget to join us. Although this is a pre-recorded show. Uh, you can still join us and other listeners by going to radiosega slash discord radiosega forward slash discord um, and you can tweet at Radio Sega if you want and use the hashtag The Sega Lounge uh, if you'd like to comment on what's happening and you know, let us know what we suck or something, feel free to. Um, we will start the show as we usually do by going through the news and so it's Oh, we was news again—a uh, great segment on the Sega Lounge. So, would you would you like to uh, start uh, the ball rolling with some of these news?
2: After a bit of teasing by Sega's Aaron Weber, a couple of sweet limited edition Sonic Mania branded T-shirts have gone up for sale on Amazon first features profiles of Sonic, Tails and Knuckles and comes in a variety of men, women and youth sites. second is my personal favourite and showcases a touristy poster style image of Promoting Studiopolis with the words, see the sights, experience the sounds, above the image, visit the amazing Studiopolis below. Both shirts are available in the US and UK and will be available until uh, September the 31st. and uh, The article from Sega Nerds uh, does actually feature a few links where you can buy the uh, skirts as well, where there's one for both the US and the UK. So yes, if you fancy getting a, a Sonic Mania t-shirt, you can get one from uh, That's Where to Go. Yep. Right, so this, The next uh, news story regards the a new short film called The Outrunners, which shows Sega's 1993 classic in a new way. 80s-style movies will always be a theme, from over the over-the-top stuff like Kung Fury to actual movies from the era. Thanks to director Eric Tetti, I hope I pronounced that right, uh, we now... <laughs> Centred around the 1993 classic Outrunners. Basically, a love letter to the greatness. More awesome, it was filmed at Richie Knuckles Arcade in uh, New Jersey, as well as Richie himself playing a role. So, have you seen the movie? Uh, not yet. This is actually the first I've heard of it. It sounds uh, really cool, though. I should check... I think I will definitely check it out at some
1: Yeah, it's like 20 minutes long, so it's not that... that uh uh, time consuming to watch. It's uh it's interesting to say the least. <laughs> it features uh Outrunners uh, and other Sega arcade machines so it's definitely worth a watch for, for Sega fans and uh it's got kind of a like a little side story and a few Eddie styles montages and, and stuff and music so it's and it's got initial D music as well. A couple of tracks play uh during the, the, the film so it's always we always love some Eurobeat. So next up, what do we have?
2: Uh, right, another piece about the Toe and back in the groove. Uh, as we all know, this game was uh, successfully crowdfunded last year. Uh, it was also recently announced that Adult Swim Games had uh, acquired the rights to the game and released the play a kind of thing. Well during this week's PAX West event, some brand new footage for the game was released and featured some brand new environments and characters. Uh, we will be in- hope we'll be including a link to a video in the uh, Discord chat, so uh, check that out. Yep. goes mm-hmm. cows are back. I always love those things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. So, next up. Alright, next up uh, involves Space Channel 5. Uh, showgoers at uh, Tokyo Game Show will be able to see a Space Channel 5 viewing demo of sorts developed for the HTC Vive. It's not a full-fledged game, but a sort of proof of concept where you can watch Ulala as a spectator in virtual reality. The developer behind this demo is Grounding, whose co-fou- co-founder is legendary Sega developer Yukiko Futas, the guy who led the development on the Panzer Dragoon series as well as the Xbox game Phantom Dust.
1: Okay, so that's, that's interesting and exciting for those uh, eagerly awaiting uh, VR games and VR sets. So, yeah, hopefully, people will enjoy space channel 5 vr
2: yes yeah, so let's hope it becomes an actual gap and heck nothing else it's, it's an excuse for a new uh, space channel 5 game which is always good
1: exactly exactly yeah so space channel 5 vr uh res vr you know i, I see a pattern
2: there a good stuff yeah
1: um yeah so moving on we have yakuza
2: 6 news right so yes yakuza 6 uh the sixth game in the series will introduce five chats as one of its new play spots. That's one of the side activities uh, offered within each of the Yakuza game. They generally consist of arcades, host cub, host clubs, rather, a pool, darts, karaoke, and other such recreation. Uh, also included in the game will be a uh, virtual fighter five final showdown, which is really quite impressive.
1: Yes. Uh,
2: yes. Uh, as well as uh, retro or classic Sega retro arcade games like Outrun, Super Hang-On, uh, Space Harrier and Fantasy Zone. I'm really going all out with this one. Yeah, that's
1: this is awesome. And uh, as some um, media outlets or uh, games uh, news sites try to say uh, we are finally getting Virtua Fighter 5 Final Showdown on the PS4. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, it's it. you know, Via Yakuza Six, so better than nothing, I, I guess.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it'd be a great call.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's got two player mode, so SMS Puyo Puyo, so it's it's something to look forward to, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: and people right you now are listening to us and say, "I don't care about Sega games. I want the uh, live chats with the uh, with the girls thing. <laughs> you perverts." <laughs> 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 anyway so yeah that's that's some something amazing um by the way something uh also a, a little more in-depth um viewer on the um, on the whole live chat and the uh, the club hostess conversation system for this new game uh, instead of the usual uh choices in dialogue that you had in the previous games now i think um as i i, I read earlier today that um you now have like uh, trading cards. So you, 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 throughout the game you collect game uh, trading cards and some influence what you say, the conversations you have with uh, the club hostesses. Uh, others are food and drink items. And so depending on how you use those cards and uh, how many cards you have, you'll try to build a relationship with uh, the hostesses. So, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> It? Yeah, crazy stuff.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, moving on. Right, uh, next up, is one for all you Persona fans out there, because as we all know, Persona 5 is coming out next week, in fact. And the um, uh, reviews are already rolling out, and they're looking great. Uh, in this week's batch of Famitsu review scores, Persona 5 received a 39 out of 40. Uh, so that's basically it's 10, 10, 10, and a 9. And that's also for uh, both versions of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also, see that the game takes about 80 hours to clear, and there's also a large amount of uh, side content that you'll play for hours upon hour. So, yes, all sounding very exciting on that end.
1: Yeah, exciting for Persona fans, yeah, definitely. Uh, when we get the game, I, I'm sure people will be crazy, will go crazy about, about Persona 5. Um, yeah, we have uh, some news as well for European Nintendo 3DS owners, right?
2: Yes, indeed, and it's some very good ones if you haven't got any of the 3D classics yet. Uh, some of the 3D classics will be on sale until uh, next Friday, which is the 15th yeah, Euro- European uh, Nintendo 3DS eShop. Uh, the games in question are 3D Fantasy Zone, Gunstar Heroes, Outrun, Shinobi 3, uh, Space Harrier, both are Streets of Age games, so basically, if you've never played any of these games yet, well, now you have even less excuse.
1: Mm-hmm. And Super Hang-On In- In- as well, so that's that's awesome. One of my personal favorites. So yeah, so those were great news. And uh, if you if you want a 3DS and and want to play some 3D classics, just grab these digital versions on sale until the fifteenth. Uh, finally, we have um, some some uh, promoting to do, um, and next week. So, if you if you've heard of the Sega Addicts and you probably do or have because you know we have a show by the Sega Addicts on Radio Sega. Um, but usually, every year at around this this time of the year, they do a Dreamcast marathon to celebrate the U.S. anniversary of the console, and so they've announced. Uh, their 2016 uh, marathon which will uh, happen on the 17th and 18th of September so next week um, starting at 7am eastern uh, on the 17th of September so that's uh, 12pm or noon UK and 4am Pacific for those interested Uh, this, uh, this year's edition of the Dreamcast Marathon will be uh, dedicated to raising money for charity through extra life, uh, they have an initial goal of five hundred dollars. They want to um, people to donate and so t- they can reach this this initial goal. Uh, they also have some prize uh, prizes to to give away to people uh, watching the, the stream and donating so the most or the highest donation. Will uh, get a Sonic 10th Anniversary coin. So they have a Sonic special, uh, exclusive Sonic 10th Anniversary coin. Not exclusive to them, but exclusive in the way that it is, you know, limited edition. Uh, I believe it came out with Sonic Adventure 2. Beat. probably in Japan. I know it was yes. some some pr- a promotional item or something, right?
2: Yeah, that was uh, released in the... I think it was a limited uh, edition, or a collected edition. uh, Uh
1: And and they're actually giving away the whole thing, so it's not just the coin, but uh, the case. I believe there's something else uh, in there as well, apart from the the coin. So you you can find that out at at their website, so sega-addicts.com. Just go there. Uh, They have... uh, um, an article about their their marathon but even if you're not thinking or you can't donate you can still watch the stream they're playing around 30 games between both days so the 17th and the 18th Um, and it's for a good cause so just go help them out check out the the stream starts at 7 a.m eastern on the 17th of september so that's 12 p.m uk 4 a.m pacific and uh, just go have fun with the crazy guys from the Sega addicts. So, I think, either way, it's really nice that they're doing this again for the, the 20th, 2016 uh, anniversary
2: of, uh, of the Dreamcast.
1: So, I think that's all for the news, right?
2: Yes, that was all.
1: Yeah. So, we're taking a quick music break. Uh, and when we come back, we have a great interview with Tom from uh, the Dreamcast Junkyard. So we're going to play uh, as as part of this music break. We'll, we're going to play two tracks that he picked for the show tonight. We're going to start with Starlight Zone from the original uh, 16-bit version of Sonic the Hedgehog. And uh, then we have Desert Land from the Saturn version of Sega Rally Championship. And so just stick around with us for a great interview with Tom. And afterwards we have memories of Sega we have the Sega Lounge challenge so fun so fun so this is the Sega Lounge stick around we'll be right back
0: sega lounge on radio sega come on in and have a seat
1: Okay, everyone, we're back. This is the SEGA Lounge on Radio SEGA, and this week we've got a very special guest with us, uh, a very nice interview for you guys. Since we're on the week of uh, the America, the North American uh, anniversary of the Dreamcast, we thought, why not uh, actually do uh, a well-overdue interview with Tom from the Dreamcast Junkyard. Hello, Tom. Good evening. Thank you for
3: inviting me onto the show. It's a pleasure.
1: Our pleasure, indeed, and I say well overdue because we we should have invited you over you know a long time ago. It's criminal! It's criminal! Yeah. So so yeah. Before we we jump into some some questions about the website and, and everything, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, Tom?
3: Yes, thank you. Uh, hello, everybody listening. My name is Tom. I run a website called the Dreamcast Junkyard. And, uh, yeah, we've been going since around 2005, so quite a while now. Um, but, yeah, we just kind of hope to keep bringing new Dreamcast information to the uh, to the Sega community, really.
1: Awesome stuff, awesome stuff. So, Tom, uh, you yourself are a massive, probably the biggest Dreamcast fan in the world. <laughs> I, I presume, I presume, for...
3: Oh, I don't know about that. I think there's people <laughs> a lot more knowledgeable than I am. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> But yeah. uh, what's your history with with Sega with video games? How it all started? Would you like to tell oh, us wow. about it?
3: Yeah, wow. Well, um, yeah, my uh, my first Sega console was actually a Sega Mega Drive, um, and from there I went on to have a Sega Mega CD, and that's when my kind of my, my love affair with Sega began. And then after that, it was just a succession of different different Sega consoles. So then Sega Saturn. Oh, uh, there's also a 32X in there as well at some point. Um, and then naturally, I came to the to the Dreamcast and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that was, obviously, as, as time has shown, my uh, my favorite console from Sega. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of gaming in general, not just Sega consoles. I, have, I mean, I have a quite a large collection of other systems from other manufacturers. I'm just a big fan of gaming in general, I think.
1: Awesome. By
3: the way, what have you been playing le- uh, recently? Oh, wow, okay. Um, I've been playing... And, and uh,
1: recently, uh, by, a- by me- recently, I mean, you know, last few months or so. so.
3: Yeah, okay. Um okay. So on the on the Dreamcast, uh, primarily, I've been playing a game called Rush Rush Rally Racing, which is a uh, mm-hmm. an indie game, a top-down racing game, really really good fun. That's from uh, the guys at Senal team. Um I've also been playing quite a lot on the uh, the PSP Vita. I love um love Ridge Racer. So I I've uh, been playing the uh, the PSP version of oh, Ridge Racer. The,
1: the PSP or yeah. the, the Vita version.
3: Uh, not the Vita version. The Vita oh, version is okay. terrible.
1: <laughs> I, oh, don't say that. I, I actually love the, the Vita version.
3: Oh really? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but
1: but you know, it's it, it, I I don't have much much comparison uh, between other games because I never played any Redracer Racer games before the Vita version. So. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm okay, I'm yeah. I'm a set person. So yeah. So that's
3: <laughs> I that's that that why I,
1: I think I love the Vita version. Everyone <laughs> says it's 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 the worst, but yeah.
3: Yeah, sorry. Go. Um, it's fine. I'm, I'm also quite a big fan of the Game Boy Advance. It's one of my favourite handheld consoles, and I've been playing quite a bit of uh, Rayman Three on the Game Boy mm-hmm. Advance um, because I do a lot of commuting. So I've got the Game Boy Pocket. And I keep that in my in my pocket and uh, get that out, you know, every now and then and uh, play on the old Game Boy Advance games on that. So yeah.
1: awesome, awesome. So you're you're uh, a big retro gamer then. Massive,
3: massive retro game fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not to say I'm not a big fan of current gen stuff. I mean, I own a PlayStation 4 uh, as well, so I play on that quite a lot. I play things like The Witcher, and um, I'm actually a massive fan of Drive Club. I'm probably the only person still playing Drive Club, um, but I'm a big, <laughs> big, big, fan of Drive Club. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so yeah. So, so those are nice, nice picks. Um, I wanted to start, before we get into the the, the Dreamcast junkyard questions, Um, when I announced last week that you were going to be the the guest of of this week's episode of the Sega Lounge, Mm. uh, some people actually um, replied in our chat room, it's just a Dreamcast, so why do you keep (coughs) celebrating uh, the anniversary of that console every year? Would Mm. you like to explain to people... Uh, in your uh, humble opinion, what actually sets the Dreamcast apart from the competition? What makes the Dreamcast such a great console? Wow,
3: well, that's a that's quite a big question. I think for, for me personally, it kind of it's, it heralds the end of Sega as a, a you know a console manufacturer. So that's one thing that is kind of uh, special. It kind of like puts the, the the full stop at the end of Sega's reign as a console creator. Um, But I think as well, it was also a console that it kind of spelled the end of an era for machines that were just basically games machines. They were first and foremost a games machine. The Dreamcast obviously didn't have a DVD player. Obviously, you could go online with it, but it was primarily for playing games. And, you know, I just think that the age that the Dreamcast came from is now kind of gone because current gen systems and systems that came after the Dreamcast are... Uh, yes, they play games, but there's also a lot of other things that they do as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the last pure console, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I don't know if that if that, if that is the, the, really the reason why, but... Um, yeah, it's, uh, and it also it represents a massive missed opportunity for Sega to create a console that should have gone on and conquered everything with the games that it had. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... Exactly, (laughs) it's Mm. weird, right? Yeah, strange world
1: we live in. So yeah, (laughs) I I think uh, what you said is is true, and I I think um, maybe the Dreamcast represents uh, an era when when games were more important than anything else on games consoles, and uh, I think those were better days. Um, in part
3: don't get me wrong I, I'm not I'm not like a, I'm not a Luddite I, I don't um, I don't stand against the match of technology and I appreciate that modern consoles do things you know that are these you know wondrous things that mm-hmm. you know you can play movies and you can play online you know talk to people and this kind of thing but I just think that the Dreamcast represented an era when it was kind of like a crossover period between multimedia device and games console you know yeah yeah for sure
1: yeah so um, jumping into your website. So you run the Dreamcast Junkyard, which is probably the biggest Dreamcast um, website in the world or the biggest Dreamcast fan site in the world. Um okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you you <laughs> probably know the, the figures and everything, but I, I think so. At least it gets a lot of, a lot of attention from, from everyone. So I, I think it's it's the most uh you know well-known website dedicated to dreamcast so you're at the dreamcast junkyard.co.uk uh, yeah, how correct. did the idea start for 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 this website uh when did you get up in the morning and said well i'm, I'm gonna you know do a create a website dedicated to the dreamcast scene and keep updating it <laughs> for the the
3: <laughs> uh, next few years yeah um it's a long story actually um i mean I had a Dreamcast when the Dreamcast was a contemporary system back in 1999 and I got rid of it around 2001 and then when I was a student I got another one which I then subsequently got rid of and then around 2005 I was looking in a second-hand shop and I saw a Dreamcast uh, quite cheap and so I bought it, bought a a stash of games with it and went home and then I kind of thought to myself, do you know what would be really cool if I actually could go back and rebuy all the games I used to have and all of the ones that I couldn't afford or didn't have. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, I'll create a blog where I document myself going to different shops and the different games that I kind of find and pick up. And so it just kind of bloomed from that really. And then I, I don't know the day or the time when I just decided to, yeah, I'm going to actually try and document this online. And initially it was for my own enjoyment. It was just a personal diary for me. I didn't think anybody would read it or want to know about, you know, this guy buying Dreamcast games in second-hand shops, but then as I started to update it, more and more people started to read it and leave comments, and I kind of thought to myself, people are actually reading what I'm writing and actually following my adventures trying to find new Dreamcast games, (laughs) so as I, as i say the 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 actual the blog went live in 2000 and, or late 2005 and then it just kind of grew really from there mhm so you you're turning 11 this year later this year right yes um early december 11 years since we started yes
1: awesome so that's that's an achievement right there in itself Thank so you. so amazing congratulations um right now um what's the, the 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 situation with your with your personal collection? How many games have you been able to come across and buy?
3: Oh, wow. Um, I don't have a full <laughs> PAL collection. Um, I have about There's about five games that I need to get, but I, I re- I'm one of these people who refuses to pay stupidly high prices for Dreamcast games, so I'm not going to spend £150 on Moho or Taxi 2, you know. <laughs> you know. I know a lot of people love to get these games and have them in the collection, but I'm of the opinion that if a game is complete and utter rubbish, I'm not going to spend a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money on it. <laughs> yeah. Um I do have quite a large collection of um, Japanese and American games. I generally fill the gaps in my PAL collection by buying the NTSC versions of the same game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also have quite a large collection of indie games and um, games that weren't released. So things like Propeller Arena, Half-Life, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you put everything game-wise together, you think that's a massive collection, but there are still a lot of gaps. And um, as far as it goes with like hardware, I've got a lot of weird peripherals and lesser-known things because I, I have a, a, a tendency to seek out the obscure. So I always want to find things that maybe not many people have heard about, and that's why I, I kind of buy them, and then I, I want to like share them on the internet, you know, on, on the Dreamcast Junkyard. So things like the, um, the weird PlayStation-shaped controllers or um, obscure. Uh, light guns that nobody's ever seen before, things like that. You know, the more interesting, and unusual things. Yeah. So
1: yeah. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you, you should share some pictures with us, so we can mm. post them on social media when the show is on. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post them eventually on Twitter or, or Facebook when the show mm. is on, because uh, obviously we're pre-recording this interview. As if you yeah. don't know it already, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) we've probably uh, mentioned this already like five times throughout the the entire show yeah we're recording the the interview first so probably in the future when we record the beginning of this show time (laughs) travels and everything we'll mention this is a (laughs) good (laughs) question Uh, I digress. Anyway, <laughs> so you're, you're now not alone in, in this endeavor, so you're not the only staff member uh, in the Dreamcast j- Junkyard. You, you have a, a large team, large, or at least uh, a, a team with you working on, yeah. on the website. Uh, would you like to talk about some of your uh, staff members?
3: Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, it's not a solitary endeavour. Um, there are ten of us, I believe, in total. Some people more active than others, but other, some team members have certain specialities that they're interested in, and they will only post things when there's something interesting in that field that they're interested in. So um, we have a guy called Aaron. Uh, he's also known as the Gaga Man, He's quite active in the like the Sonic the Hedgehog kind of uh, area. Um, and he's an animator, and he was my first kind of uh, compadre if you want to call him that on the dream junkyard and uh, he does you know a, a, the odd article on weird and wonderful things that he finds online um, there's a guy called rob who's also he's quite interested in kind of japanese import games so he does a lot of stuff on those um, and then we've got the guys who are kind of there's a guy called ross who's in japan Uh, He's massively into the Naomi side of things and the uh, Atomis wave. Mm -hmm. So he does a lot of the arcade-based stuff along with a guy called Scott who's in Australia. And then we have uh, a guy called Caleb who's in the uh, the United States. Uh, He is more interested in kind of trying to find odd ways to use the Dreamcast so he did a video <laughs> of you using a Dreamcast light gun on a Sega Game Gear screen which was quite interesting okay. <laughs> <laughs> why not yeah, so there's, there's a video of him playing House of the Dead 2 on a Game Gear which is hooked up to a Dreamcast <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain so I don't forget anybody and um, uh, yeah there's a guy uh, called Xander who is very interested in music the musical side of things so he his oh, nice. posts are generally to do with like sound and music uh, I should have actually asked his uh you know opinion of some great Sega music before coming on to this uh, to the show actually by it slipped my mind he would probably um, be useful for later
1: yes
4: yes, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> not not giving up what much of what what's going on later on the show but uh, yeah
3: Anyway, yeah, uh, j- just yeah. Just sorry, i have forgotten. was going I, I, I say. There's a guy called Barry who actually runs a site called Sega Bits as well. He yeah, kind of Barry the Nomad. Quite team. early. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Gaz or Gareth, he is quite useful when we do the the live events because we do do quite a few expos around the UK, mm-hmm. and he helps out with those. Um, so I think I think I've, I don't think I've missed anybody out. But yeah, it's quite a, uh, a good mix, and we're quite kind of. All around the globe, so we have a good yeah,
1: I see that yeah.
3: idea of, of what's going on in the Dreamcast community in different in different parts of the world. So yeah, it's, awesome.
1: It's cool. uh, and so if if anyone, if you left out anyone, you know, if you're listening to this, you suck. Okay, so yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. So yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned you do live events. That's that's a, a good a good follow up question. So you and if we if you visit dreamcastjunkyard.co.uk. You'll see some pictures of um, the junk- junkyard guys. Can I call the junkyard guys? please sure. yeah. yeah. Okay. You'll uh, <laughs> see the guys. The junkyard dogs. Junkyard dogs. Okay. <laughs> uh, you'll see the guys uh, do occasionally take some pictures of themselves with with some Dreamcast junkyard T-shirts and everything. So, mm. what's going on with that? Wh- 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 how many events do you do a year? What kind of kinds of things do you do there? To promote the
3: website, okay. yeah. I mean, uh, one last thing before I continue. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention Mike, Mike Phelan, who actually wrote the Dreamcast Junkyard guidebook, the one that was banned by Sega, yeah. And <laughs> um, so, I forgot to mention Mike. So, sorry, Mike, if you're listening, um, but yeah, yeah going Mike, back to your yeah. remember, Mike, you suck. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just going back to your question um, what we do at the event generally is what we're not really trying to raise the awareness of the, the website we're more trying to raise the awareness of the Dreamcast because it becomes apparent when you go to these live events that there's so many people or so many kids these days who yeah. have never even seen a Dreamcast mm-hmm. so we're just trying to show people that you know retro games don't have to be like Mega Drive games or Atari games what people class as retro, inverted commas, can also really encompass these amazing 3D games, you know, the dawn of the really cool 3D age, which is where the Dreamcast kind of stepped in. Um, at the events, what we generally do is we have a, a, a large selection of consoles playing different games. We'll have, um, you know, um, just just us on hand to talk to about the Dreamcast. We have um, different peripherals, a, a wider range, you know, a wide array of peripherals, things that people have never seen, like we have... One thing that we do like to take to the different events is the karaoke unit and people kind of say, oh, what? what's that? You know, we've never seen that before. So that kind of sparks a, a new line of conversation about the different peripherals mm-hmm. that came out for the Dreamcast that in the West, at least, we never saw. Um, we also have uh, things like, we, I have a particular unit, which I, uh, it's, it's, it's a broken Dreamcast. So I take it to events and I use it to show people what the Dreamcast looks like inside and how easy it is to kind of replace bits because the Dreamcast is a modular system. You can take the GD-ROM drive out, you can take the the motherboard out, you can take the controller board out and interchange them with other systems because if something breaks, then it's really easy to change it and get your Dreamcast back working again. So i just like to take that and demonstrate to people how easy it is to take the system apart and kind of repair it yourself. That's, Mm. That's
1: a really good idea. Yeah. So uh, yes, that's what you do at Live. Do you host panels as well? Sometimes um,
3: we haven't. We haven't done yet. We didn't. We did a live podcast once with another podcast um, team, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean we, we are planning on maybe doing something like that in the near future. But um, I don't think, even though we're quite well known in the, in the sort of the Dreamcast community, I don't think in the, in the wider retro gaming community we're not that. Big, so I think if we did try to have a panel, maybe like three people would, <laughs> would, would arrive. <laughs> Get on it, people. That's criminal. You know? Yeah. Uh,
1: so, so, yeah, so maybe that's, that's something for, for the future. Yeah. Uh, Possibly, you mentioned yeah. the, the podcast, by the way, the, the Dreamcast Junkyard uh, Dream Pod, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm yeah um mm-hmm. so what's, what what do you try to do with with this uh dream pot so uh, from what i've I've seen and heard actually in the past you actually have several guests yeah, throughout the weeks um, I see you feature people from the community the retro mm. community etc is that correct
3: yeah that's correct. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Dream Pod started initially as um, people would constantly send messages like, "Why don't you do a podcast? You should do a podcast for the Dreamcast Junkyard." And it took us. I mean, we'd been going for ten years at the time. or just under ten years because the podcast is only been going for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took it took us up to like you basically year ten to kind of like catch on and think, ah, we <laughs> should maybe do a podcast because it's you know it's quite easy to do and people enjoy listening to other people talk about you know certain subjects so yeah. we thought okay let's do it and um, and you know it, it started slowly but we've kind of we've, we've grown a, uh, a quite a good listener base now Um initially when we first started the podcast it would go uh, maybe every two weeks and we would talk about different subjects around the Dreamcast community or things that we just wanted to get off our chest about the Dreamcast and um, well as we've gone on we've, we've kind of grown to to the point where we can actually attract guests from the Dreamcast um, like development community, so we have mm-hmm. uh, indie, indie developers. We've had um, people who are on Kickstarter with their new games. People who are making new hardware for the Dreamcast. We've had quite a wide array of of guests. Also, other like Dreamcast or Sega fan sites. So we had um, we had Lewis from Sega Driven on a, an episode a, a while back. Yeah, we we, had which, which
1: side note? You actually now that I'm uh, listening to your voice a bit more, you do sound a lot like Lewis. <laughs> uh, f- yeah, full disclosure for people listening to us right now. Uh, when we started uh, the, the 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 call before we started recording, I thought Tom sounded like Andy, our good friend Andy, host of the Weekend Bonanza on Radio Sega. Uh, but right now, you know, I, I I I'll probably go through all the names of people in the community and say you sound like them. But uh, you're right now, are you sounding a lot like Louis from uh, <laughs>
3: from Sega Driven Sonic Yoda? Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, people who are from, um, like, kind of outside the UK, who are not familiar with, like, the different kinds of accents around the the country. Like myself, yeah. Well, I I didn't want to say, but yes, like yourself. um, (laughs) They they kind of think we all sound the same, but people who are from the UK, kind of, they can pinpoint where you're from in the country just by the way you speak. So are you from the north, are you from the south, are you from the west country? Uh, Whereas, I mean, I did a a podcast with the guys from Sega Bits last year, Mm -hmm. and obviously those guys are both from the US. And they kind of thought that I sounded like a unite, you know, like, uh, like the Queen, like proper English, like you know. Proper, <laughs> like, I was like, I don't sound like that at all, but they thought I did. So I don't know if it's something. that... No, I, I, is, I, can, um, I can I
1: can I uh, can detect a slight accent there, different from the the Queen or whatever. <laughs> but I, I actually, yeah, right now I you you sound like like Louis, yeah. So, but anyway, cool. as as per usual, I'm interrupting you. So yeah, you were mentioning several guests. You've had
3: on the, yeah. the Dream Pod? Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, the guys from Elysian Shadows, uh, you know, Falco Gerges uh-huh. and, his, uh, and his colleagues uh, talking about their new game, Elysian Shadows. Uh, we had a, a guy from YouTube called Dreamcast Guy, who's quite a big uh, gaming channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had a guy called Adam Korolek, uh, who yeah. was on. Uh, uh, he was on about a year ago now, but we had him on with um, Corey Marshall, who did the voice for Ryu Hazuki mm-hmm. in Shemen. That was a fan- that was a, an amazing episode because I never thought I would actually speak to Rio Hazuki. You know, <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that, that was really cool. Um, but yeah, the, the podcast has gone from strength to strength really, and it's uh, all through people who listen. So I just want to say thank you to those guys. <laughs> if, if any any of the listeners are listening to this,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm certain there are more than three people. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great it's a great podcast. You guys should should check it out if you're into the Dreamcast scene. And even if you're not, you might you know, hashtag seg education. As yeah, we I mean, usually we... say on the show. So segeducation education. Get some segeducation education with the dream pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's a really a really cool idea. Um, I actually the last one I, I listened to was the the one with the Dreamcast guy.
3: I think. Oh, fo- yes. Yeah.
1: Focused on platformers. F- platformers?
3: That's correct. Yeah. yeah. That was our most. That was our most recent episode. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, you. I, you actually mentioned a few that. Uh, it, this is funny because um, on the the Discord, the Discord server of uh, the private Discord server for Radio Sega staff, uh, we were talking about some some games like um, Evil Twin. You guys mentioned yes. Evil Twin. Cyprian's yeah. Chronicles I think. Uh, we also mentioned what was the other one? Flying Brothers I think. Oh yeah. 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 And those were two games that I uh actually always wanted to buy for my Dreamcasts but uh, never got around to it. Um Gavi was also someone from from Radio Sega and a community member uh, said they were yeah. uh, terrible games. And uh, ah, okay. I, I was I was uh, that that was I, I think Uh, two days before I uh, downloaded your your platformer's podcast, Mm. and some of you, or at least one of you, mentioned Evil Twin as one of their best or favorite Dreamcast platform games. And I was like, hmm, interesting. (laughs) So maybe we were wrong.
3: No, I mean, I think Evil Twin is one of those games that kind of splits decision because it's one of the games that a lot of people haven't played just because of how late it came out it came it came it was one of the last games to come out on the pal dreamcast it came out in 2002 so that shows you how late it was and the the print run was so small and that's why it's so expensive now um but i mean it looks great and it's not perfect by any means but i think just as a kind of a a glimpse at what could have happened with the dreamcast going forward the Mm -hmm. graphics are so good it's um I personally think it's uh, you know really really good. Uh, look yeah. at you know a late Dreamcast game. So
1: I probably should have bought it uh, <laughs> back then. Maybe maybe in the future. Yeah, I need mm. to buy some more Dreamcast games for my my own collection as well. Um, yeah. So apart from from the podcast, uh, you also uh, do some some news, some reviews of, of Dreamcast mm. games. So you basically you know do the the usual. Uh, stuff that a, a fan site does. But sometimes, uh, when you're a fan, you also do some crazy things. I wanted to specifically talk about something that uh, I think this week uh, you, you, you posted on the website. I think it was this week, yeah. Uh, the barber thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> And this, this is probably something that we, we you, you'll need to explain to people outside of Europe, because they... Mm-hmm. Won't recognize this this commercial, but uh, would you like to talk to us about the whole uh, barber uh, saga?
3: Yeah, th- uh, it'd be a pleasure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, because this is okay. amazing. Okay, so in Europe, uh, around the time the Dreamcast was being launched, there was a series of advertisements on TV and in cinemas. Um, one of which was called Shave, which was. A short film, if you want to call it that, where some um, French Foreign Legion conscripts were in a, a fort, and then they were—they had their heads shaved by three different barbers. One was called Player One, one was Player Two, one was Player Three, and this was because Sega were trying to position the Dreamcast as a, a purely as a multiplayer console. Obviously with the online stuff, but also with the four controller ports, which also makes me wonder why they didn't have four barbers instead of three. I yeah. don't know what the, yeah <laughs> it's a bit weird anyway what was, so you
1: wasn't had, there uh, a uh, th- there were three barbers really
3: yes yeah there were player one two and three yeah
1: really? I never I it's never actually odd. realized that in <laughs> yeah. my in my mind I always thought it was four okay no, uh, that's, no. Weird. So, that's
3: weird that's <laughs> weird yeah so uh, yeah. there was this particular advert and Good there was point. another one called um, it was called boy which was like a lot of kids throwing stones at a a, a boy in the sea or a buoy um, but it was the one with the barbers on it, which was the most popular one. And they used the guy in the advert who was player two, the guy that I kind of dubbed as the barber, they used his face and his image in all of the advertising for the Dreamcast. So on the posters and on the, uh, on the little pamphlets that came in the back of the game boxes and also on, do you remember Dream Arena, the online portal for the Dreamcast in Europe? Yep. Um, when you logged on, there would be this image of the barber kind of stood there with a holding a towel and holding his hair clippers. And uh I, it, it was just this image of this guy that kind of everybody associated with the Dreamcast at the time. And that was just kind of accepted as, you know, the face of the Dreamcast. Anyway, fast forward to last year, obviously 2015. Um, I was kind of just looking around online and I happened to see this advert on, on YouTube because it came up in my you know um, I think it was you know suggested videos on YouTube where mm-hmm. you get the things at the site based on what you've been looking at so obviously I must have been looking at something to do with the Dreamcast and then this advert came up and I thought like, oh I remember that you know yeah. have a look at it and then I was like it just kind of dawned on me that I didn't know who the guy was who, who, who is the this gentleman who played the barber who, who played the face of the Dreamcast in Europe and so I went to Google I was just typed uh, you know Dreamcast barber um, you know Trying to find out who he was, just to see if there was a name or something, and there was just there was nothing, absolutely nothing. There was a few images from like Shenmue, you know, the the Three Blades uh, quest, where you're trying to find the, the barbers in in a uh, Wita, uh, but there was nothing about who this guy was. So i that's where my quest kind of began, and you know, I, I spent hours like looking through like the Wayback Machine and sending emails to different advertising companies who I found out worked on the advert. And as you know, if you've you've already read the article, it kind of yeah. went on for around about uh, uh, literally uh, like a year. Mm-hmm. Not not const- not not constantly. It was like on and off. Every couple of weeks, I would you know send the you, you weren't of tweets, that obsessed so. with it. No, 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 no. <laughs> not obs- I mean, I do have I do have a big picture in my uh, in my games room, which my girlfriend doesn't like. She, every time she, <laughs> she sees it, she's like, "Oh, that that man creeps me out. I don't like him." Like, <laughs> 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 um, and this was this was before I kind of knew who he was. Uh, Spoiler alert. Um, But, um, yeah, so for a year on and off, I kind of sent tweets to different people. I'd find a little bit of information or somebody would send me an email or, you know, I'd I'd do a little bit of internet archaeology, as I like to call it. And, um, yeah, it was only uh, earlier... Last month, it was in early August, I decided to put together a new article, just like an update on the search for the barber, dust. in case anybody who was reading it actually gave as much of a damn as I did. (laughs) Um, So I put this article together saying, oh, so this is what I've been up to, it's not something that I've forgotten about. Um, So many people would send me um, emails saying, it's this guy called Peter Postlethwaite, who was an Academy Award winning actor, who died in, I think it was around 2004 maybe 2005 but I was adamant it wasn't him because if it was him then there would be more information on the internet about him playing this role because he's an Oscar winning actor um, plus the fact that it doesn't really look like him so anyway um, but yes I, I put this article up on, on the Dreamcast Junkyard and then within uh, maybe about a week or so I, I tweeted it that many times that I think people were getting kind of sick of it uh, but mm-hmm. I believe somebody commented on the article saying oh, I, I remember seeing a a letter in a in the French Dreamcast magazine. Who, you know, that, that claimed that it was from the guy who played the barber in the adverts. And then somebody else quickly found the the the, um, the letter in question, took a picture of it, and put it on Twitter. And then, literally within a matter of minutes, people had kind of, you know, answered the call, as it were. And then and then actually found the guy on Facebook. You know, it it it'd taken me over a year to try and find out who this guy was, but there he was, hidden in plain sight. Yeah. On Facebook, And then as soon as I discovered who he was, I, I kind of made contact with him. And he was kind of incredulous that, you know, this whole community get, were enraptured with trying to find his identity. And he, like, fully embraced it. And, like, he's, he's such a nice guy. His name is Pierre Santino. He's uh, he's actually an actor who's been working for, like, 40 years in France. Um, and, yeah, it just kind of worked from there, really. Yeah, he, he added me as a friend on Facebook. We, we talked a little bit on Facebook Messenger. And it, my mind was kind of just blowing you know that i actually found this guy with help from people from the community um so yeah it's kind of it's it's a happy ending really you know to a a story which has been like a year in the making so yeah 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 that that's
1: amazing and uh, actually when i when i uh first thought of of, uh, inviting you to come on the show um i was browsing through the the website and i saw this i think the I think at the time you didn't have part three, which was mm-hmm. We Found Him, uh, yeah, yeah, that was in, in late August. I think I, I only saw the, the first two, two articles about it, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, th- this would be nice if whenever uh, Tom came on the show, if we could talk about this. And then yeah. like this week or the past week, you just posted, posted a, a new one with an, an interview with the guy. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's fate.
3: It was, it was fantastic. I mean, um, even even some big websites like Kotaku, they picked it up, and uh, Nintendo Life, even though it's nothing to do with Nintendo. They kind of picked it up and posted it on, on their website. as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been really um, it's been like a bit of a whirlwind. You know, people kind of suddenly thinking, oh, this is a really great like um, adventure that this guy went on to try and find this guy. It's like a, like a missing persons kind of quest. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it, the, the the response has been like massively overwhelming. So I just want to thank everybody who take, who's took an interest and has read my uh, my articles or at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so now you can tell your girlfriend that uh, the man is actually quite nice. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid. Uh yeah. So that, that's that's something I, I think people should check out on the Dreamcast Junkyard website. So so yeah. Thank it's you. a really, really interesting tale. Uh of um not Hazuki's but Tom's uh, Saga.
3: Uh his quest. <laughs> Uh, to we're, we're, avenge something. I was going to say we're trying to we're trying to, <laughs> to, to kickstart a part three now. So,
1: uh. <laughs> oh my, yeah. So so this this is awesome. Um, yeah, um, I, I was I was wondering about your your opinion on, on something else. You you actually mentioned uh, you already interviewed some of the indie developers that have been releasing games for for the Dreamcast. Uh, yeah. What's your what's your uh, your thoughts on the, the the whole Dreamcast indie scene and uh, the homebrewing scene as well? Uh, seems like these guys are are keeping the Dreamcast alive, right?
3: Yeah, totally. Um, I've got massive amount of respect for anybody who can code a game, put it onto a disc, and will play in the Dreamcast. Because I'm not a developer, I don't have the first idea on how to make a game for any system, let alone the Dreamcast. Um, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm always kind of, um, you know, massively respectful for anybody who does that. I mean, some games have got questionable quality, but uh, I'm not of the opinion that I'm really in a position to kind of tell somebody that their game is rubbish. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, they put so much effort he- and hard work into it. Um, and what you have to remember is that a lot of these indie games are being made by teams of maybe one or two people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and you're under no obligation to, to buy these games when they, when they do appear for sale Yeah. Um, but yeah as you say the, the, the Dreamcast indie scene at the moment is kind of booming and an interesting point that uh, Adam Korolik made in one of his videos uh, quite a while back is that I think the, the appeal to, for indie developers to put a game on the Dreamcast is just how much extra publicity it will get if they say oh by the way a Dreamcast version is coming as well because the big sites love that and they're like oh wow look at a new game for the dreamcast you know yeah so it's, maybe it's like, maybe it's kind Sorry. of like clickbait i think um, <laughs> yeah but, but don't get me wrong there, there are some amazing indie games on the dreamcast you've mm-hmm. got things like wind and water puzzle battles which is fantastic mm-hmm. you've got things like uh, again game i mentioned earlier um rush rush rally racing mm-hmm. um you know things like uh, even stuff like the ghost blade which a lot of people didn't particularly like which i i did actually quite like
4: mm-hmm.
3: um so, yeah, the, the indie scene on the Dreamcast and also the homebrew scene, not just games, but also the hardware side of things, is amazing. Have you seen the, the DreamCon, the, uh, the Bluetooth controller for the Dreamcast?
1: I've heard about it, but haven't seen it yet.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a, it's an official Dreamcast controller with the, the Bluetooth protocol and a dongle for the Dreamcast itself, mm-hmm. which a guy, yeah. uh, a Greek guy called George, he, he actually created it himself, you know, out of you know, just his own creativity, and it's just like this is amazing. It's yeah. got VNU's built into it. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. People actually, uh, you you
1: mentioned a while back. Uh, you did an interview with the Le- the Elysian Shadows guys. Um, yeah, we actually had them on the show. Uh, I think yes, two seasons yes. ago or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I saw interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the time of the the the, the Kickstarter project. Um, the, the game isn't out yet. They, 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 I believe, are still working on it. Uh, hmm. But uh, they, they regularly put out some some, uh, some updates and some videos of the, the work involved in creating a game and how they try to squeeze uh, everything out of the Dreamcast uh, to make a, a good game. And so even if the, the final result isn't that great <laughs> from a, a gameplay point of view or, from, or for people that actually aren't that big of retro gaming fans uh, mm. I think it's it's they deserve our respect for what they're trying to do and the, the amount of work they put into this project so I think yeah, it's, I it's mean, great that people are willing to do this for a console that is basically dead
3: yeah I think um just using that as a, uh, shadows as a, an example, I, I think I know Falco does rub a lot of people up the wrong way because he's quite outspoken, but yeah. I, I actually, I actually quite like him for that because he doesn't take any, you know, he doesn't take any, um, what's the word? Like flack, you know, lightly anything that's anyone says to him in the comment sections on his videos or even on the interview we did with him in our comment section, he'd have these like, you know, big arguments with people and lay out his <laughs> points and, you know, all that, you know, let you know, be a, be a, an entertaining real person and yeah. you know, that's 10 times more uh, like realistic than like you know handing me like a press release or some kind of manufactured mm-hmm. reply that you know modern games developers will you know give if a game isn't up to scratch or people are waiting for a, for a game indeed
1: yeah for sure so so yeah, I think I think people should if you own a, a Dreamcast, you should try some of these games at least at least give them a try. Some of them aren't mm. that expensive to to purchase online, um, and yeah, it's it's there are some uh, great games out there as well. One of them that I, I that comes to mind and that I haven't yet completed is uh, Pier Solar as well. Okay, if you're yeah. into yeah. RPGs, it's a, it's a great one as well. um I think it's called Pier Solar in the uh, something the great, of the Great, great Architects great. yeah The Great Architects yeah, yeah I think correct. that's it so so yeah, it's uh, I haven't completed that game but it's it's a, a great one uh, It's actually available for other platforms as well PS4 I think right now and, mm. and other other uh, consoles I think Steam probably But and also uh, the, the
3: original yeah. on the uh, the Sega Mega Drive
1: Yeah as well yeah mm. They did uh, the Mega Drive version First. so yeah um, one, one final question before we take a quick break uh, before, because we, we have music to play that you, you picked for us and we have yeah. something else as well um, is the Dreamcast guide you put together and uh, Sega didn't quite like it would you like to talk mm-hmm. about that?
3: Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, the, the 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 guide actually came about because um, one of my colleagues, Mike uh, at the Dreamcast Junkyard, he actually just emailed me and said, "Look, I've been putting together this guide uh, for myself as a PDF. Uh, would you like to see a copy of it?" I was like, "Yeah, please." You know, so he sent me a copy, and I was looking through it, and the amount of detail that he put into this guide, he'd spent five years putting it all together. I was just, I said to him, "Look." I've, I think there's something in this. We can do something with this. We can either create a database on the site, or we can send it into a, a physical guide, like a. As I always say, it's like a train spotters guide. So it's 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 meant to be. There's no pictures or anything like that. It's literally just a list of games that you can tick off one by one. And so, we had a little bit of a chat, and he was like, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." So we approached a printer. We uh, we paid to get them printed out, and then we put them on the on the website for sale. Um, to you know people who visit and Dreamcast fans literally as a guide because there's no real definitive List of every single Dreamcast game out there.
4: Yeah, but
3: what Mike had done is he had actually compiled literally everything not just the games all the educational software all the discs that didn't come out in the uh, in, in the West You know all these kind of like um, internet discs and browser discs that you mm-hmm. could get and um, all of the indie games the homebrew games, literally everything, and not just you know games in each um, each part of the world. So you have like a list for all the Japanese games, you have a list for all the US games, all the PAL games, all the white label PAL games with all of the um all the uh, what they call the codes, you know the the, the game codes. Yeah. Um, and and also a really good introduction. Where it explains you know the differences between different special editions uh, that were released in Japan. And uh, yeah, it was just a a phenomenal amount of work. And I just thought that it was worth other people seeing it because Mike initially wanted to keep it for himself as a personal thing. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, Mike, other people need to see this. It's phenomenal. And that was evidenced in the amount of people who snapped them up when we first put them on sale. Um, The reason Sega kind of know about it really is my own fault. (laughs) <laughs> because um, <laughs> uh, we did a competition for the 10th anniversary of uh, of the Dreamcast Junkyard in in collaboration with Sega Europe, who dedicate uh, sorry they um, donated a load of uh, Dreamcast collection vinyl yeah. albums to us to to give away as prizes for a competition. And as a thank you, I sent uh, a copy of the book to Sega Europe's PR guys to say, "Oh, you know, thank you. Here's a copy of the book, you know, for free, just to have a look at." And Initially, their response was, "Wow, this is amazing! Thank you." They tweeted about it. They put it on their um, Facebook and Instagram, and they put it in one of their videos on Sega Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, "Amazing! You know, thank you for like promoting our, our little fan site, and you know, thanks for your appreciation." But then I think things turned to the worse when the legal team got hold of it, and then they decided that they thought that um, because we were using the Dreamcast IP on an item that we were telling that we we should remove it from sale. So they sent a couple of strongly worded emails to us and we went through a process of trying to remove any um, any reasons that people who bought the book may, may think that it was an official Sega product, which 100% unofficial, this item is not endorsed by Sega in any way, it's made by the fans for the fans. And we sent that back to them and said, look, is this okay? And they were still like... No, no. <laughs> we would appreciate it if you moved it from sale because we don't want any confusion. You know, I'm a fan of Sega. I've got nothing but respect and admiration for Sega as a, as a company. So I just kind of complied with what they asked, and so we we took the book off sale. But it's actually available as a free download as a PDF on okay. the on the Dreamfest Junkyard. So people can still get it, but it's just a, a PDF as opposed to a physical physical yeah. book. It's it's
1: a shame, but it's you know it's it's their decision. So, so yeah 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 can't really <laughs> uh say much about it yeah uh maybe maybe one of the lawyers saw the guide you know that's what's, possibly one what's of those, yeah. this <laughs> yeah. hey tim look at this uh wonderful guide oh let me take a look what's this no <laughs> just like that <laughs> take them down <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, but but you know, it's 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 a bit of a le- legal stuff is is always boring and not very fun to to discuss. So so we'll, we'll keep out of that. But uh, at least people can still download the, the guide, which is awesome, uh, yeah. and it's available via the Dreamcast Junkyard. Right?
3: It is. Yeah. There's a. Li- if you go to the website on the on the, on the desktop version, there's a link on the right hand side which just says download. the question Questionnaire guide. So yeah, feel yeah. free.
1: Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think we'll we'll just take a quick break now. Uh, when we come back, we have something special for you, Tom. Um, Excellent. Yeah, wow. we have. We always love to, you know, uh, do surprises. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, worried now. I'm not <laughs> that our guests love them, but we, we, we love them. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. So we'll take a quick break and we'll play. Uh, I just lost my outline of the show um, We're going to play some tracks I'm so professional Good thing this is a recording And I can edit this out um, So we'll play we'll play, uh, Live Your Life From Metropolis Street Racer uh, Before we play this Would you like to tell us a story about this Because you, you told me something earlier today That I didn't know about this uh, This particular track of Metropolis Street Racer
3: Oh wow, so you're going to play The, uh, the alpha version
1: I'm I'm gonna play the original because I, I couldn't quite get the, the alpha version working, uh, in, for it to be played. At least as a music break, I can I maybe t- will try to play it in the recording. But uh, you can talk about it if you want.
3: Okay, yeah. So this is "Live Your Life" by uh, Richard Jax or Richard Jakes. How you pronounce his name? Uh, Jakes. One of the yeah. Jakes. Yeah, one of yeah. the premier uh, Dreamcast composers. Um, this song is in the game is composed by or credited to a band called Salford Keys which is a take on the popular Mancunian band Oasis Exactly, uh, yeah, Yeah, for sure Yeah and uh, this is uh, well I I find it fascinating uh, in one of the alpha versions of MSR which uh, you can actually find online and uh, and watch the video of Um, there is a, a section of the video where Richard himself is singing the lyrics to this song and It sounds slightly different, but uh, yeah, it's still a great song and one of my (laughs) favorite songs on the Dreamcast. So yeah, MSR, live your life.
1: Yeah, Uh, it's actually uh, that—that's exactly what what I think. um, You know, people were were drawn to this song because of that because it sounded so much like Oasis. At least Mm. that's what I remember when I first played the game. Just like we have fake Will Smith uh, with (coughs) "Let's Get It On" tonight radio Sega fav- uh, favorite um, yeah. and th- there's also passion, which yeah. is, is just passion what can we say hashtag sex sounds on Sega Radio anyway, uh, let's, let's just play Live Your Life uh, as uh, part of our music week and then we'll have um, this week's edition of Memories of Sega by A Winner Was You And this week he'll be talking about uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, but if you remember from last week he uh, mentioned the the Master System version, the the 8-bit version. This week he'll be talking about the Mega Drive version, and afterwards we'll have a track from that game, and we'll return shortly with Tom for something very, very special. Don't go anywhere, this is the SEGA Lounge on Radio SEGA.
0: some blast processing to your day. This is Radio Sega. From the 90s to the present, take a trip back in time with A Winner Was You as he looks back at the Sega games that defined his life. Memories of Sega.
2: Last week, we looked back at the Master System version of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker and all of my memories attached to it. This time around, we'll be looking at its big brother on the Mega Drive. This version of the game is very similar to the 8-bit version in terms of story, levels and gameplay, but has plenty of new features as well. For starters, there's speech in this version. Michael's chimpanzee Bubbles also makes a cameo at the end of each stage, directing you to the end of a level endurance round. The gameplay also has a few tweaks. Michael's attacks now shoot Stardust, which can damage enemies and certain levels that you turn into a robot for maximum destruction as well. It's altogether more polished than the Master System version, with better graphics and sound. The Mega Drive sound chip also does a fantastic job of recreating MJ's classic songs, and Bad even has a Who's Bad sample in it. My first memory exclusively regarding the Mega Drive version came before I even owned the Master System one. A friend of mine borrowed the game from one of the kids on our childminder street, and the next day he told me how awesome the game was and some of the cool things you could do in it. Of course, this really made me want to play the game even more, but for a few years I had to make do with a weaker, though still enjoyable, Master System port. A few years later, once I finally had a Mega Drive of my own, I borrowed the game from another friend. I was finally able to play the beefed up version, and it was certainly a game I enjoyed. Although the game had the same faults as its 8-bit counterpart, notably for repetitive gameplay and relatively low challenge, the improved aspects of the gameplay added a lot to it. Better yet, although Stage 4 was still set in those spider-infested caverns, by now I had completely overcome my arachnophobia, so I had no trouble beating the stage this time around. But the game had one rather nasty surprise waiting for me at the end. Unlike the Master System version, I was fully prepared for a sixth stage after clearing what the manual said was the final stage, and so it came to be. But unlike the 8-bit port, Stage 6 only consisted of one level, and took the form of a 3D space shooter, which saw you having to blast your way through an asteroid belt, before having to take on Mr Big himself. Unfortunately, to say this level gave me a lot of grief was an understatement. Despite Infinite Continues, I just couldn't beat this stage at all. No matter what I did, I just kept dying over and over and over again. Needless to say, I ended up raging pretty hard until I finally gave up on it. At the time, it even made the final stages in the Master System version look easy by comparison. Not too long after that, I gave it another go. This time I was able to beat both the stage and the game, though I can't remember how much grief it gave me the second time around. Oddly enough, since then I've not been too shabby at Final Stage at all, and I actually now find it much easier than the last few levels in the 8-bit version. Funny how things can turn out like that. Whichever system you play it on, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker is certainly a flawed game due to its repetitiveness and the inconsistent difficulty, but it nonetheless has that sense of classic Sega charm to it, the kind of charm that made the company stand out back in the day in fact. And despite its issues, it's a game I enjoy playing time and time again, it's worth trying out just for its quirkiness alone.
0: Memories of Sega.
1: right, everyone, we're back. This is the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. And this week we're joined by a very special guest. We're here with Tom from the Dreamcast Junkyard. Hello again, Tom. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we just played Bad from Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, the Mega Drive version, as requested by or picked by a winner was you because of this week's edition of Memories of Sega. And I hope you guys enjoyed that. So, Tom... As I said before the break, we usually have a surprise for our guests. And it's a wonderful (laughs) surprise. It's something marvelous. Uh, But for you to understand, to fully understand how wonderful this surprise is, I need to play you something. Okay? So if you're ready, I'm going to play the intro to the Sega Lounge Challenge. (laughs)
0: Now, you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome to your doom. doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge.
1: Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh so that was uh, James Earl Jones there with the Segalogi Challenge <laughs> <laughs> So Tom, uh each week yes. uh, our guests have to go through a challenge. And as you heard the man say, it can be anything we want. <laughs> so we thought we, I, 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 we we can you can just you know just uh put together some, some questions about your dreamcast. But you p- would probably know everything. And that wouldn't be fun at all. Uh, we could also, you know, just, I don't know, ask you to name um, characters in Dreamcast games or the, the catalog numbers or codes from games. We, we could do so much. But we decided to go with something we like to call, and since this is Radio Sega, something we like to call the Dreamcast Music Roulette.
3: Oh wow, okay.
1: So what is the Dreamcast Music Roulette? Something I just <laughs> came up with, uh quite frankly. Uh, so we have we have fifteen uh songs from Dreamcast Games here.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh some of them are in reverse. Some of them are um are not in reverse. We have regular versions, original versions and in reverse versions. The thing is all uh tracks are numbered one to fifteen. You don't know okay. We don't you don't know what the in reverse tracks are or the, the what the original tracks are. So you just have to pick some numbers. Okay. Let's go with I don't know, ten? Is it okay? Okay. Ten yeah, out of fifteen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um and you'll have to at least guess the game the tracks are from. Okay. Excellent. So if you're lucky enough, you'll pick the, the ones that are not in reverse.
3: Okay. If I'm lucky, yeah. <laughs> okay. So
1: anytime you want to start, just give me a number and I'll play a track.
3: Okay, let's uh, start with number eight.
1: Number eight. This is a good one. Let's let's go with number eight then. Let's uh let's queue this up. Alright. Here. So it's an in-reverse track, right? Yeah. Any any yes. idea what it is?
3: Um. Oh. Oh, wow. Um. Is that... It's not Soul Calibur, is it? I don't know. You tell me. I'm not going Soul Calibur.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pause this. So your guess is? Soul Calibur? Is that your final guess? My final guess, yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, was you any guesses as to what this is?
2: I think it might be from Headhunter myself. Okay. Oh, that's, a good, that's a good guess. And so let's see who's
1: right. Tom, this is your sound effect. I'm sorry, but no. Uh, actually, Erwin <laughs> was right. It's, it's Jack's theme from Headhunter. Oh, really? So this was a surprise yeah. because you actually picked this. For yes. the show, uh, and I thought, how awesome would it be if he didn't recognize this one? <laughs> but I, I couldn't play this, you know, uh, not in reverse. I had reverse track, so yeah. Uh, Jack's theme from Headhunter. So, you know, number one, oh. not, not 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 looking good. But you know, we still have have nine others to go. So eight's yeah. done. What's next, Tom? Okay, we'll go for four. Four. I think this is an easy one, a really, really easy one. Actually, it's not in reverse. Take a listen. Oh. It's an easy one, right? Yeah. So, care to guess?
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's Space Channel 5.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this was an easy one. I, I told you. Yeah. So that's correct, obviously. <laughs> That's obviously okay. This is Mexican flyer. <laughs> yeah, let's let's stop this one. So, number four is is done. What's next? One point. Okay, uh, let's go
3: for um, number two.
1: Number two. Hmm, this is an interesting one. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Ring any bell?
4: Possibly.
3: Any um, I'm thinking Jet Set Radio. Mm,
1: interesting. The uh, win was you. Any guesses?
2: never. I was a bit st- stumped on that one, but yeah, never get... Never! I actually said Jetset Radio. Yeah. yeah.
1: Any any guesses as what the track actually is?
3: The oh, track, uh, electric toothbrush.
2: I would say I love, love, love you, but that's from um, Jetset Radio. That's from Future. Yeah.
3: Okay,
1: so uh, all we need is the game. So, India. Yay! Yay! That's correct. Uh, the track was uh, actually Super Brother from Jetset Radio. Oh. Yes, the original one. So uh by the way, obviously these are all Dreamcast games, so mm-hmm. it's easier that way, but so two out of three of the possible three right now. So we had eight, four, and two. What's next, Tom?
3: Okay, uh let's go for number twelve.
1: Number twelve. Hmm, another easy one. You're quite <laughs> lucky. You're a quite lucky man. Let's <laughs> see, let's see. Ooh. I think this is an easy one, right? Um, mm, you say that, now I'm going to look <laughs> like an
3: idiot. <laughs> oh, um,
1: I'm sure Ridley you knows what this is.
3: It sounds a little bit like... I'm going to get this wrong, I know I am. Is it Segarelli? Segarelli 2?
1: So your guess is Segarelli 2, right? Yeah. Let's, let's listen to it a bit more. Okay, so that's enough. I will resume any guesses.
2: Uh I might actually say Shenmue. this game does the game question does feature in that one.
1: You know, when I when I when I thought of of um
3: of Oh wait a minute, now yeah. na, now you've given me a clue. <laughs> is it it's one of the arcade classes hang on or something like that? Sorry, I won't Is it, take my, is won't it take my...
1: hang on or something like that? <laughs> you need <laughs> to pick what... one. Um is it hang on? <laughs> OK, so uh, for both of you, the correct sound effect is <laughs> nope, it's not uh, I, I, I can. I can see where, where uh, when is was, was going with, with, that, with that answer. But uh, no, this is actually from Afterburner 2. There was a version of Afterburner 2 on oh, the Dreamcast. Right. And so this was
4: that this was
1: Final Takeoff. There was also Afterburner, but I think the original one in Shenmue 2, if I'm not mm. mistaken. So that's why uh when it was you went with that one. I'm I'm not that cruel. I know I know I'm I'm you know I'm really cruel sometimes, but not that much. Uh, yeah, so two out of four right now. So we about
3: fifty percent. Yeah,
1: you can pick another one. Okay, let's go for number nine. Number nine. Hmm. Let's see what happens with this one. Not the easiest one, let's see. Let's take a listen. This is not in reverse, by the way. Any guesses wow. so far? <laughs> oh. Man, should you listen to this a bit more? Just a few more seconds. Yeah. So, remember this is a dreamcast game?
3: Yeah. Oh wow. Um any I I, I, literally, I literally don't know, so I'm just going to go with <laughs> Sonic Adventure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so that's your final answer. Yeah. Okay, let's let's pause the music. Any idea? when when it was you.
2: It sounds uh, I've, I've never heard that track, but it does sound like it could be from Metropolis Street Racer. So hmm. yeah, this is actually
1: not not that easy because it. Uh, uh, if I if I I, I I I'm not that familiar with this particular track. And and some other tracks in this soundtrack. But uh, listening to this, I think a driving game or racing game, actually. But it could be, you know, it could be Sega Rally 2. It could be Metropolis Street Racer.
3: Could it's not Sonic Adventure, it. by the way. It's not. Well, but
1: it's not MSR either. It's Daytona USA 2001. Ah! <laughs> this is a track called Don't Look Back. This is the race version of that uh, track. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> not an easy one, Uh <laughs> not at all. So yeah, so we're okay. two out of five out right five. now. Uh, so we're, we're halfway through. Yeah, five more tracks to go. Uh, okay,
3: pick another. Let's get it on. Let's go for number one.
1: Number one. This is an interesting one, and it's not in reverse. Let's see. <laughs> this is this is the best one. <clears throat> Let's take a listen.
5: was green her eyes were blue I said to
3: her hey darling look at you
1: What a classic Any ideas
3: so far <laughs> I've heard this I've heard this recently It's not <laughs> is it MSR it's MSR The <laughs> Should we listen to it a little bit more
1: just a few seconds more Yeah Yeah if I take there, I
5: said of course my love now don't despair she sort of grinned at me She put her hand on my knee I
1: thought about how lucky I could be Yeah, uh, so your guess is Metropolis Street Racer? I think so, yeah, yeah. Uh, What about you when, when it was you? This time it
2: definitely
1: So you think it's MSR2? Yep, yep.
2: definitely
1: So there is no way it could be any other game no. You're right You're correct. (laughs) Yes, it's MSR. Well done, both of you. So this was Long, Long Road, a song about um, buying underwear and procreating. Yes, (laughs) there's an actual line that goes, and then we went home to procreate. Um, It's MSR. (laughs) Well done, Richard Jakes. Well done. And well done, Tom. Three out of five right now. Uh, Three out of six, actually, right now. Um, Next one.
3: Okay, we'll go for number 14.
1: 14. Uh okay. Let's see. Not sure about this one. Let's see. It's not in reverse. <laughs> so any ideas so far um, maybe a few bit more bit seconds will help yeah yeah
3: <laughs> it sound it sounds like a schmuck. Um I'm gonna go for a Karuga. I, I'm,
1: I'm gonna give you a clue here. Okay. This track um you know so- sounds quite uh, futuristic, technological mm. even, right?
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's that <laughs> Maybe that doesn't really help. <laughs> um, do you know what it is? When it was you, by the way.
2: I think it might be from Sega Gaga. Okay. That, one of that tune is definitely very recognisable. That's
1: that's a, that's a good guess. That's a good
3: yeah. guess. I, I I can't I can't improve on that. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> no, I'll I'll stick with my original because I know it's wrong anyway. But I'll go.
1: So your your guess is Ikaruga?
3: Mm-hmm. I know it's wrong.
1: <laughs> is it? Is it? It is. It is. So this, this is. This um, PSO. Fantasies are online. This is, oh, I was going to say that. Yeah, no. futuristic. You know. Yeah, technological. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Trick track. Actually, it's the, the the name of the track. Versus one from PSO. So, uh, three out of seven. We're only God. three. We only he- have three left to go so uh, any other guesses right now so let's see okay we've done I one open. two four eight nine 12 and 14
3: cool uh, we'll go
1: for five five hmm not an easy one it's in reverse let's take a listen
3: No, yeah, I recognize the guitar solo. <laughs> yeah?
1: Oh it's it's let's take a listen.
3: Oh yeah. So it's Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure.
1: hmm Let's yeah, let's definitely. pause this. So that's your final answer.
3: Sonic Adventure, yeah. Okay. When it was you.
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's either Sonic Adventure or Sega Rally 2.
3: Yeah, that's a good shout as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with Sonic Adventure, though. Mm-hmm.
1: What am I going to do with you guys? Ah! <laughs> it's not. I, I I can get the Sonic Adventure and Sega Rally vibes. I, I definitely can. I can get the Jun guitar vibes from this. This is yeah. actually Dream in Passion from Virtual Tennis. It's not oh. that it's not that different from the the, the 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 original version, the regular, not in reverse version actually. But <laughs> uh, but it's not that that easy either. Yeah. So
3: what is, is it? What's it called? Where you have a word that is spelt the same backwards or forwards? Is it palindrome?
2: I enjoy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's Like a musical musical palindrome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it sounds the same. Okay. So uh, this one was was number five, right? So. Next one That's will be
3: Tom number fifteen.
1: Fifteen, another reverse track. Oh. <laughs> let's see. Uh, I'm I'm going to give you a clue. I shouldn't, but I'm going to give you a clue. Uh, <laughs> this is. P- people have been talking about this game a lot recently. Okay. Okay. So let's let's. Uh... Let's play this. This is creepy. I
4: like I like I like
3: Tom. Wow, that sounds <laughs> quite good actually. I quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a subliminal
1: oh. message. It's a, a there's a hidden message here somewhere.
3: Hmm. That that's that's in reverse, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let, let's
1: listen to it a bit more. Um,
3: Any clue? No, no So this game has been spoken about recently. It's not. And there's no games that are repeating on this list, is uh, there? Nope. Okay, um.
4: Yeah, my, 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 my
3: see, the, the sound, the, the the voice clips have mm-hmm. given it away, but. It's not Rez, is it? I'm gonna go for Rez.
1: Is that your final answer?
3: Yeah, I'll go for Rez. Okay, so let's pause it, Pause
1: this and ask, will it with you?
2: Yeah, it is definitely from Rez, I'd say.
1: Hmm. Oh, you guys! It is <laughs> It's area five from Rez Fear is the mind killer. Um, that's that's the, those are words. The hidden words there. So so yeah. Mm. So four four out of nine. Um, and we we've got one more to go.
3: One, Which more, one will okay. it be? Let's go for number eight. No, we've already had it. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, let's go for number uh, so, uh, 13,
1: 13, 13. Let's 13. go for 13. Can, that, that yeah. can, that, that, that's good. Not in reverse, actually. Let's see. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, What does it it sound like? It sounds very Mm Shenmue-ish.
1: A bit more of the song, then.
3: So... It sounds it's very it's a very nice song. I must say. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Shenmue. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What does it sound like? Apart from Shenmuish.
3: Oh, it, it, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you put me on the spot too much. <laughs> I'm trying to help. I know. I know. It's not Shenmue then. Um. I didn't say that. Didn't. Um, no.
1: uh. <laughs> let's see, Let, let's let's do something else Let's. I'm, I'm going to pause this and I'm going to uh, ask a winner with you his guess What's your uh,
2: guess? I think it might be Echo the Dolphin Oh
1: yes, yes. okay, so I'm going to give you, Tom, the chance of going with either your guess or a winner with you's
3: guess I'm going to go with a winner with you
1: y- yeah, You could both definitely. be wrong by the way
3: I know, but it's, it's it's a lot more convincing than Shenmue, so I'm going to go with uh, a winner with you's guess.
1: <laughs> so, your final guess is Echo the Dolphin? hmm Oh, my God.
4: It is! Yeah. <laughs> it is! It's Echo
1: Marine Bay from Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. So, credit goes to a winner
1: with you. Yeah, so 5 <laughs> out of 10... Uh, not bad at all, actually. It's you know,
3: fifty-fifty. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: that's, uh, that's respectable. respectable. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, kudos to to a win with you, by the way. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So so by the way, people listening to us are, are are probably thinking, what Dreamcast games and KC didn't include Shenmue? Yeah, hmm. that was actually number three, by the way. Ah. Yeah, but we had Shenmue. Nice little romantic moment here, Nozomi and mm. Rio. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, while this plays in the background, we'll keep talking a bit more. Uh, we're almost done with with our interview, uh, Tom. Yeah, you did. You, you did great. You get the official Sega Lounge seal of approval. Oh wow! When you, one that's... day, when one day we, we get those done, you'll get one in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, don't hold your breath, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So th- this is this was why I said that uh, that uh, staff member you mentioned that is into the the, the music scene would be really <laughs> helpful for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would have been really helpful tonight. Anyway, one uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, the Dreamcast junkyard is part of the. Um, 100 websites that uh, the British Library, uh, yes. you know, uh, included in their plan of capturing a digital universe and uh, you know preserving for posterity. Would you like to talk us a bit about how that came to be and what that involves specifically?
3: Yeah, certainly. Uh, it sounds a lot more grand than it actually is. Basically, um, in 2012, the British Library were starting this thing called the UK Web Archive, mm-hmm. and they were looking for submissions for, of websites that had a, a uniquely kind of British uh, flavour, if that's what you want to call it. And because at the time it was just myself and mainly Aaron who were writing for the site, we're obviously both based in the UK. Um, a lot of our articles were written with a very kind of overly British kind of, again, flavor to them. So references to things that you would find only in the UK and different like slang words that were, you know, only in use in this country. And, um, so yeah, they were, they were looking for websites with a British flavor to, to, to archive basically. And I, I just thought I would, uh, submit the Dreamcast Junkie. I'm not thinking anything of it or all that it would even get looked at. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a couple of weeks later, I got an email back saying that they had a look at the website and they thought that it did have a very kind of unique, um, you know, style to it. And one of the things that I always wanted to do with the Junkyard was I wanted to have it so that it wasn't, you know, if you go to any kind of mass media website, it's kind of written in an uh, almost a kind of a formal tone where everything's kind of quite uniform. I wanted it to have mm-hmm. its own unique, unique kind of chatty stylistic voice. So that's why a lot of the articles are kind of written as if you're talking to a friend in a bar or you're just having a conversation, like, you know, face to face. It's kind of written in a a very informal and um, almost, what's the word, like a lot of like kind of colloquialisms Mm -hmm. in there as well. So I think they thought that was quite interesting. And they chose it for preservation in the UK Web Archive. So, yeah, it was inducted into the uh, into the British Library's... Um, it's almost like the Wayback Machine where they kind of take a snapshot yeah, of it every yeah. so many months and then they preserve it for generations to come. So if you go to the British Library's main website, you will find a link to the UK Web Archive and mm-hmm. you'll find the Dreamcast Junkyard listed there as well. So that was quite an honour, to be honest. It was, uh, May God yeah, help it
1: was, our children. <laughs> yes,
3: <laughs> indeed. <laughs> In, in years to come, in years to come, I hope that the people of the internet will be reading my posts from 2007, where I'm talking about walking down a rainy high street and looking in shop windows for Dreamcast games.
1: Yeah. Oh, amazing! Yeah, but this is this is really nice actually to to think that your work is being preserved for for posterity, right? Yeah, it's it's a yeah, it really yeah. interesting interesting project here, and um, yeah. I think more more um, governments should should do this actually hmm. uh, because you know yeah, there, there's so many content uh, so much content in the the internet it's hard to keep track and to just you know just preserve some of it for generations to come is a really nice idea,
3: yeah, I think on that note as well, I think a lot of the stuff that is kind of preserved by governments or for example like the wayback machine or the British library it's all. It's all English language stuff. I mean, I don't know what it, the protocol is in other countries, but I'm sure there's a, a many a website that's written in, you know, in Japanese or in Spanish mm-hmm. or in French that kind of fall by the wayside just because that isn't kind of a priority in their, you know, their own countries. I don't know yeah. if that's the case, but it, it kind of seems that that might be, might be the case. A lot yeah. of the, the archive sites are in English, so...
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm from Portugal, and I have no clue yeah. if we have anything like this over here. I... Mm-hmm. pretty much doubt it i don't think so yeah not not a priority over here i think mm. not sure maybe i'm being uh unfair but i don't think so <laughs> but anyway think you, this, you guys uh, you guys are being preserved in that's awesome
3: yeah i mean yeah. the, the just, to, just to go back just to very briefly the, the the national archives in the uk they have this big thing at the moment where they're very much up on what's called digital preservation and they're, they're all for kind of preserving stuff from now because Going back into history, a lot of um, archives and records are all paper-based. Mm-hmm. So you of you have these big books in archives and in libraries. But from kind of the, the early 90s onwards, when the explosion of the internet kind of happened, a lot of what we create as, as, a, as a species is all digital. It's all on the internet. So if the internet suddenly vanished, everything else would go with it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, so it, yeah. there's quite a big mm-hmm. initiative on preserving the digital age Mm-hmm. certainly at the, at, the, at the British Library and with the National Archive so it's a great initiative and something I'm very interested in obviously so. definitely
1: definitely yeah so uh, so yeah Tom I think, I think we're just about done with the interview thank you so much for coming on the show is there anything you'd like to specifically mention about your website other side projects you have feel free to
3: yeah thank you very much yeah obviously the main Dreamcast Junkyard is the W uh, the Dreamcast Junkyard.co.uk. Uh, I also do quite a lot of writing for a website called Retro Collect, which is retrocollect.com. Mm-hmm. And um a- another podcast that I co-host is a podcast called Maximum Power Up, which is a uh, a retro gaming podcast which focuses on all kinds of um games, you know, from the past. So it's not just about like one particular system, it's about everything. You know, we have very very subjects from week to week, so yeah, that's. uh Thank you very much for allowing me to uh, promote those. That's uh, very cool.
1: My pleasure, my pleasure. So, if people want to follow you uh, and or the Dreamcast Junkyard on social media, where can they go?
3: Cool, yeah. And um, the Dreamcast Junkyard is at the DC Junkyard, and myself, I am at Tom Lee C. That's C-double-E um, so that's me on, on Twitter, yeah, and uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, if you just type Dreamcast Junkyard into Facebook, you'll you'll find us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we very much appreciate your uh, your awesome. likes and follows.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please uh, comment, like, and subscribe and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And there's also the Dream Pod as well, so don't forget to check that out. Um, yeah, on on all I believe on all major podcasts. No,
3: oh yeah, uh, iTunes. Stitcher, all, all the yeah, other usual things. Yeah, just type. In fact, if you just type Dreamcast into iTunes, it's the first thing that comes up. So, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I usually use your iTunes, the, the
1: podcast app on my iPhone. So that's, that's mm. why I, I mentioned that because sometimes people, at least I, I'm not re- really keen on going to websites and downloading podcasts. Although yeah, I, yeah, th- same, same. I think most of our listeners do that with our shows but I mm. actually prefer using other services like iTunes and Stitcher and whatnot. So yeah, just go to whatever you want and uh, look for the Dreamcast Junkyard podcast called DreamPod. Don't forget to follow these guys. Check out the dreamcastjunkyard.co.uk. Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Uh, a really nice way of acknowledging the, the Dreamcast this season. No, it's...
3: It's a very—it's uh, a massive honor, you know, to be invited onto a show of this kind of, you know, magnitude and uh, you know it has so many listeners. Obviously, I've been aware of Sega for, you know, for years now, and I never thought that I would eventually be a guest. So, uh, thank you. It's a—it's a, it's a complete honor.
1: Seriously, it's—it's it's the other way around. We're not that great. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> We're—we're crap. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. We're we're gonna close <laughs> off the interview by by taking another quick break. We'll be back with uh, the after hours segment of the show when we just say goodbye, talk about upcoming shows and whatnot. But you chose a very specific track. You chose the opening theme to Road Avenger. Actually, mm. any any particular reason be- behind this this choice?
3: Yes, um, when I first got my Sega Mega CD for Christmas one year, way back in the mists of time, the first game that my brother and I opened for our brand new Sega Mega CD was Road Avenger, and we put that disc into the drive and pressed go, or pressed start, and then suddenly there was FMV on the TV, and I'd never <laughs> seen full motion video in, a, in an yeah. introduction before, and this song played, and we just both looked at each other in amazement that our Mega Drive was now playing a video <laughs> with words and, and moving pictures, <laughs> And this was, the, this was the song that played on that lovely, lovely morning one Christmas many years ago. So yeah, Road Avenger will always stick with me for that reason.
1: Awesome stuff. So we're going to play that. We're going to take a quick music break. Tom, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, you, you got to come back sometime.
3: I'd, I'd be honored to you.
1: thank yeah, you, you. We'll, we'll get that sorted soon so yeah keep listening to us we'll play uh, the opening theme to Road Avenger and we'll be right back right here on Radio Sega with more the Sega Lounge
0: different guest. Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega.
1: Welcome back to the Sega Lounge, right here on Radio Sega. We just played the opening theme to Road Avenger, as uh, picked by Tom, and that was really a great and fun interview. What a great guy, what a humble guy as well. Um, So just don't forget to check out Dreamcast Junkyard, the dreamcastjunkyard.co.uk, and uh, they have lots of Dreamcast stuff on there, lots of coverage on recent events, uh, retro reviews and whatnot, it's it's great. So we're back for our After Hours segment, the time when we say goodbye and talk about uh, future Radio Sega happenings. So, uh, as a quick reminder, go to radios.e.ga slash shows for our full lineup of uh, Radio Sega Live shows. Coming up next, we have tomorrow, Rexy, at 9pm um, Western Europe time, or UK time, uh, with Sega Mixer Drive. Then, last call is, is over for the season, so we will probably have the season finale of Chaos Control Center at midnight UK time afterwards, and Gavi is back with Saturday Night Sega um, on Saturday at 10pm, there's no uh, The Weekend Bonanza this week so remember this is a bi-weekly show so Andy will be back next week with another episode Um, and on Monday we have the second uh, episode of Season 2 of the Manic Monday show with myself uh, for the full lineup of shows go to radios.ga slash Shows, these are the next ones coming. Uh, what about next week's show, next week's episode of the Sega Lounge? Well, next week we're going to be dedicating a whole episode to Outrun. Outrun is turning 30 years old in a couple of weeks, and since the, the, the week uh, on the week that the, the game turns uh, 30, we'll be having a special interview with Matt from Sanzaru Games. Uh, regarding sonic boom fire and ice it's been scheduled for a long time now so since that's the case we'll be celebrating the anniversary of outrun uh, a week earlier with special memories of outrun episode we'll have um someone from the community that's a really huge outrun fan Uh, and so join us next week for for to share your own memories of this great series of Sega Games' Outrun. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Anything you'd like to talk about, promote, when it was you?
2: Uh, no, i just like to say thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure.
1: It's been fun. We'll definitely ha- have you come back soon for something else, for sure. Uh, so yeah, we'll just uh, leave you with another track uh, requested by Tom. And um, hopefully you've enjoyed this week's show don't forget you can uh, check our previous shows via podcast or the podcast version of the shows uh, on Radio Sega just click the media button and look for the Sega Lounge you can also uh, catch us us on iTunes just look for Radio Sega and you'll see all of our shows or just search for the Sega Lounge we're also on Stitcher Uh, TuneIn as well all of our shows or most of our shows are on TuneIn as well TuneIn Radio the mobile app. Just look for Radio Sega and under Radio Sega you'll probably find lots of our shows past and present. Um, And yeah, keep enjoying Radio Sega. Keep listening to us. We play the best Sega music 24-7 including this next track from Headhunter requested by Tom. This is Jack's theme. I've been KC. Joining me this week I've had a win with you. It's been a pleasure, dude. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.